Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Rethinking Christianity. This is Caleb. And this is... Oh, oh. We're going to leave that in there just because we're human and who cares? (laughs) We completely messed that up. Well, you know, this is our second episode that we've ever recorded in person. Yeah, So I think we're still learning that too. We're used to just being on Zoom. This is true. Yes. Yeah. You look just as bad in person. Uh, <laughs> that's the first thing that Blake said to me when he saw me in the U.S. for the first time a few weeks ago. Actually, we can have a go. I don't know when we landed. I'm all mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Glad to have you back. Yeah, Glad you back. Glad we could do this. this is, we have like we're recording in a church. Yeah. Um, and they have allowed us to use like their setup, and so it's really nice. So yeah. So um, you may notice the audio quality is, is exponentially better. way better. It's way better. <laughs> Makes me want to actually invest into some nice. Stuff, or I may just keep coming up here and using their stuff, yeah, using exactly. the, the tithes to the Lord. Yes, to, to record. So, oh, that rhymed. Anyways, so today, <laughs> what are we talking about today? We talked about prayer a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. What yeah. are we going to talk about today? Today, we're talking about Bible study. So, as you know, we are reclaiming our faith this season and learning how to continue to walk forward. Um, following Jesus in light of new things that we've learned and ways that we've been rethinking our faith practice. And so um, our theme for this season is reclaiming faith from uh, those who have hijacked it. And so for some of you who have gone through uh, what we know as deconstruction um, or a time of re-examining your faith. We're rethinking. Rethinking your faith. Um, you might have felt some tension around some of the practices that you have traditionally uh, used in expressing your faith. Um, and some of those things might feel really weird to you or uncomfortable or unnatural in light of the ways that your faith outlook and your worldview has changed. Um, and so that can be really frustrating because it can feel like the the overall mainstream American evangelical world might have hijacked this from you and and is is determining this is how you have to do it one way, no room for nuance, no room for conversation. Um, and so we are trying to figure out a way to move forward and and understand too that Nobody owns Christianity. Nobody owns these practices. We are following Jesus and we get to, uh, there's, there's so much freedom in what that looks like. Yes. Yes. And, and you may, you know, to kind of reiterate what Caleb has said, that may oftentimes feel like this is my only option. Yeah. There's only one option of viewing Christianity or doing Christianity, which is actually like the furthest thing from true. Right. Um, so today we're going to, we're going to talk about some Bible study. Yeah. So talk about how we approach the Bible, which is like, this is honestly probably the biggest qualm that people have with Christianity because at the end of the day, like our beliefs are based on what is in the Bible, right? Like the stories in the Bible, the way in which those stories and moments and things that have happened in the Bible are interpreted, um, and we want to just preface this with, we're not experts on this subject. So like, but we're just going to talk about how we have learned to approach it and how we have approached it. And maybe it can help you hopefully. Yeah. So Blake, what were your um, understandings of Bible study growing up? What were you taught? How did you approach reading the Bible? Um, so growing up, I actually, I feel like my, our, you know, the way it was presented to me wasn't necessarily unhealthy. Um, I just think at times it wasn't very helpful, but mm-hmm. early on I can, and I mentioned this in another episode, my mom would read, 
um, this little storybook Bible to me every night. So like when I was like four, five years old, I was hearing these stories and it would be the main, you know, the main kid stories of the Bible, like sure. Jonah and the well and the, the ark. Like, yeah, the ark, the um, Genesis story. Um, so like all those, you know, the old Testament really gets highlighted, but they pick yeah. and choose what they want to put in there because there's some real classic stuff that they yep. leave out, like some, some genocide and things like that. So, yep. um, but growing up, I mean, yeah, I grew up in a Southern Baptist context. Uh, so in uh, some Methodist, so I was back and forth between Methodist church and Baptist church throughout my growing up. So, um, it was taught to me as like, um, you understand it as it is what it says it is. It can be a lot of different things. And I didn't realize it was presented this to me in this way until I listened to like, there's this episode of the Bible Project uh, podcast where they talked about how it can be presented as like a textbook. It can be presented as like a moral hand uh, book. Rule book. It can be. Yeah. And so I think I caught like different pockets of each of those. So the Bible was kind of presented to me in a lot of those different ways. So that was kind of how I understood it. Um and this was my approach to the Bible, and I, I didn't really understand it at times. I think I just found the verses I liked and the stories that I liked, and um, yeah, you know, like a grab bag of inspirational material. Yes, dude, it's like the perfect example is you go to Hobby Lobby mm-hmm. and you Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Heck yeah, bro! <laughs> Heck yeah, dude! I love that verse. I love getting to think about how I'm about to be enslaved, but God has a plan for me. Oh my goodness. Anyways, so that's a whole nother. Mm. Yeah, a whole other conversation, but yeah. yeah. So that's how I approached uh, the Bible, and I that changed for me. Mm-hmm. And when I got into college, when I started doing some academic study of the Bible, mm-hmm. and even like the academic study of the Bible I was doing at the school, I was that was more on the conservative side of um, you know biblical studies, which is that's a whole like rabbit hole to go down. But yeah. that's when things started changing for me, and you know it's been a long process, kind of like a dark night of the soul over how I view the mm-hmm. Bible. Like I had to go through like some really honestly like almost felt like seasons of like unbelief to get to a place of just accepting what it is what the bible is yeah well so much of the way that we're taught to live out our christianity is in our reading the bible every day um and there's really not a lot of um teaching as far as biblical criticism or biblical scholarship in the church. Like I'm saying that the everyday, the, the Sunday attender, the weekly, you know, person that's going to church, we're, we're mainly taught lessons and certain takeaways and things from stories, but we're not taught ourselves how to approach the Bible and how to read it. We're not taught how it's structured very well or how it came together. I mean, you know, pastors touch on that and stuff, but mostly what people want on Sunday is some sort of inspirational message that they can walk away and feel good for the rest of the week. And then they go back on Sunday and they get their another hit, Yeah, you know, but there's such a lack of appreciation for biblical scholarship um, and, yeah. and that's why so many people were just taught, okay, just go read the Bible and just, you know, just read it. That's all you got to do is just read it and, and take away what you need to take away from it. But there's so much more that goes into that. There's work that we need to do oh, in order all, to really appreciate yeah. the Bible. And there's depths to it. Like, you know, like even just, for instance, like I'm a student pastor and on Wednesday nights, we've been doing like a little, just a few verses at a time through the gospel of Mark. And when you really begin to pay attention to how these people wrote 
these books, like it's really fascinating and it impacts the way you read like certain stories. And like, for instance, in Mark, you see like throughout the gospel of Mark, like uh, Jesus is not revealing who he is throughout the story. And the, the gospel of Mark is explaining what is faith. What does it look like to practice faith? Uh, and there's a reason why he tells the story in a way that he does. And yeah. it gets to the point of the whole book. Um, so like, there's a lot of different things like, and like what you said, biblical scholarship is not highlighted at all. Mm. Um, and I feel like more often than not, the the closest thing you get to it is a Christian apologetic of exactly. like how to prove that the Bible is correct right. and that there's no, no, nothing that you, anyone can say that proves it wrong. Right. Um, and what is the problem with that is like, it's, it's a lot more than just uh, the case for Christ. Mm. Like that, that, I remember reading that book in like, I think early high school and um, you know, you can read that book and then you can go read like Bart Ehrman and mm. it's going to mess you up. Right. So, exactly. you know, there, there's a lot of like, there's not a lot of engaging with biblical scholarship, but you know, when I, t- I talked, we did an interview and if you want to go back and listen to this, if you're listening, I did an interview with PNs. And I, I, I vaguely, I think this was him who said this, but he talks about how like, there's a difference between reading the, the Bi- uh, Bible devotionally uh-huh. and reading it academically. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, you know, like there is, there needs to be room for both, but if you are the person that is struggling with how you view the Bible, um, you can kind of like, I think there's some good academics out there that you can read that make it accessible for you where you're not having to go through and find all the footnotes and things like that. So Michael Heiser is a great one. The Bible project Tim Mackey is, I mean, I don't, I, I think people listen to the Bible project, uh, and they enjoy it, but don't realize like Tim Mackey is a genius. Like yes. he has a PhD um, from the University of Wisconsin in Semitic languages. Yeah. I've read portions of his like dissertation. I don't even know what I'm reading at times. <laughs> and I've done like academic Bible classes. So he's, yeah. he's brilliant. So there's a lot out there that's helpful. Um, but be prepared to have your world be wrecked if you've been viewing the Bible in one way when you begin to engage with those yeah. Um, forms of understanding the scriptures. Yeah. The tension is that we don't under we don't know how to wrestle with different views about the Bible and even different views within the Bible that biblical writers held and disagreed with each other. Um, and think fa- stories are told differently and facts are, uh, different in one account than they are in another account. And so we, there's a tension in the Bible that once you start to study it academically, um, you you don't know what to do with that because you were always taught to just read it kind of like a story, which I mean it is, but um, the we have to understand that Jesus did not have the Bible as a codex, you know, and we often just approach it like that, like it is cover to end a, a history book, and everything in it is chronological and and cohesive and perfect. There's no uh, contradiction. There's no, you know, yeah, it's more like a discrepancy. Library. Yeah. It's a library. It's a collection of ancient texts. Um, and we have to be able to approach it like that and approach it, um, with the understanding that it is a different world yeah. that we're stepping into. When we read the Bible, there are cultural things that we do not know. We just simply don't understand. understand. Yeah. It's written in a different language and translation can be difficult. Oh, well, for instance, like, there are, when you read like in Hebrew poetry, there is like alliteration and things like that that are used yep. that don't translate into English, but the Hebrew yeah. words do. Like the Hebrew mm-hmm. words are, um, you know, like what an alliteration is. Um, yeah. Or like there's just word patterns that are used that th- there, there's so much to it. 
And it just shows like how intricate like the writers were and how smart they were. Um, and yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot to it. Um, and I think, so for me growing up, it was kind of like, this is how it is. Read it, apply yep. it to your life. If you don't believe it, you are uh, a heretic. Yeah. And here's the thing. We're, we're told to apply things with no accountability in, in understanding texts and understanding yeah. what we're reading. We're just told individually, go into your personal time, read the Bible, and apply it to your life. But there's no assistance in that. There's no account. I mean, yeah, we have small groups, and, and, and you can seek this stuff out if you want to, you know. but the majority of people, know. exactly, the majority of people are going to just read this stuff and just reason with themselves about how it applies to their life. And okay, there's some room for that too, but we also have to understand that our, at the end of the day, this is our interpretation. And we are interpreting the Bible through our own cultural lens, through our own position in society, our country, our language, um, our time setting and culture. Um, and so we have to understand that we are always, no one can escape this. We are always going to go to the Bible with some sort of filters that we have to be aware of. We've got to keep those things in mind. Otherwise, we're going to be super off track. Um, There's a lot of books on that. Yes. I think like reading scripture through Western eyes. I haven't read it. Great book. I've heard it's pretty good. Um, And we do that with a lot of things. We do that with like, it's just like, for instance, like we, I think we mentioned this before you live in Italy Mm -hmm. and I have perceptions and ideas about Italy um, that are not true. Right. So like you are embedded in the context of Mm -hmm. Italy and that affects how you understand everyday life. Yep. So, for instance, when you read the Bible, if you have certain perceptions and ideas about the context of the scriptures, like what's happening, the background, the setting, things like that, that are false, mm-hmm. how can you understand the message, right? Yeah. So, like, it, it's about embedding yourself into the context. And that takes mm-hmm. being able to engage with, like, the background, the languages, mm-hmm. things like that. And, like, I've, I feel for a lot of people because, like, me and Hallie, my wife, have talked about it. And she's like, I feel like I have to have a freaking PhD to be able to understand the Bible yeah. and, like, to be okay. with. And so that's where there are resources out there that are really helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bible Project, they, and every, and like you said, interpretation. Mm-hmm. Every person that is trying to present how to understand the Bible has a way in which they're interpreting it. So yeah. the Bible, their kind of tagline is, um, they believe that the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, there are biblical scholars that are Christians that would probably disagree with that. Um, mm-hmm. They wouldn't think it's like this thing that leads to Jesus. It's yeah. not a unified story. It's very like all over the place. Yeah. There's a lot of different like things yeah. that can still be helpful, but a lot of them will disagree with mm-hmm. each other. And so like, I think what it is for the individual trying to understand the Bible is how do I pick and choose and kind of, and sometimes like for me, I have to just be okay with like, not yeah, knowing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't and really see, know. That's something that people don't know how to do. We, yeah. we just expect, and we want, we want it to be this simple. We expect to be able to go to the Bible and just pull out what we need and, and that be the end of the day. Yeah. And there, there doesn't need to be any work that goes into understanding the language that this is written in, the context that it's written in. People don't want to put in that kind of time because they want it to be some simple kind of grab bag where they can go to and feel good and get a good little verse that applies to their situation. But if you read the Bible that way, you need to be super careful about 
making definitive statements to other people about this is what the Bible is telling you to do with your life. If you have not worked, put in the work to understand this passage and, and, critique it and rip it apart and look at the, the, um, the, all of the things that go into the meaning that is underneath the scripture that you're reading. You've got to be careful about that. Cause if you, do, if you just take it flippantly, yeah, I mean, you we will see do a lot damage. of people do a lot of damage with yeah. that. And we've seen pastors do a lot of damage with that. Political leaders yep. do a lot of damage with that. And that's for like, that will always happen. Yeah, people are going to manipulate course. religious texts to like fit the narrative in which they're trying to present. Um, and I think there has to be room for like, you know, if you're listening to this, we're not like roasting you if that's how you do it. No. It's just, we, we care, you know? Yeah. So like, it's kind of like, it, it, for me, like I took a, and I've mentioned this before, I took a first and second Kings class at a professor basically say, your Sunday school answers won't apply here. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, well, and I would go to his office. I'd be like, dude, so is this true or not? Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to tell you. He's like, and, you but, do it yourself. Yeah, yeah so, go, go look for yourself and study. Yeah, so like, I'll tell you one resource I, I push people to if they're like questioning what we're talking about. Um, so, and it's just one, like two, it's a series of sermons that and we're mentioning Tim Mackey, but this is how, part of how it helped me was in understanding that the Bible is much more nuanced than mm-hmm. how I have viewed it is he has this series on the book of Jonah, um, mm-hmm. exploring my strange Bible so yeah. it's a podcast. If you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you go type in Exploring My Strange Bible, um, I think it's at the very bottom. It's like some of the first episodes on there. It's the story of Jonah, uh, and he teaches it in a way and in a perspective that is very Hebrew uh, in the way in which they understood it, and like yeah. it ain't like how I was taught. It ain't yeah. the VeggieTales uh, no. Jonah story. So, um, And they have like some series out there on that. Um, the Bible for Normal People has some good stuff, but... If you're questioning us, if you're listening to this, like these guys just don't don't trust God and they don't trust like the Bible and they're just not um, good Christians or whatever, go listen to that uh, sermon series. And I think it will not necessarily change your mind, but I think you'll begin to maybe see like, okay, maybe this is yeah. a little more than what I had thought it was. And I, and I and I think that I think it's helped me. Yeah, I think it's helped me like respect the Bible more. Absolutely. Yeah, I have much more respect for the writers of the Bible. And here's the thing: is if you trust God. You know, that's the thing that people will say. So if you trust God in all this, then would you not think that he was going to, he used all of that? Mm-hmm. And he, so he used all these details yeah. um, and all this background and all this history and all these things to tell a story. And it's a story of a, a people group's experience with God and their experience with living out um, what they felt was, you know, what God was calling them to do, yeah. what obedience to God looked like, what faith in God looked like. And they were writing these stories as they were being told. Um, over the course of many, many years, but yeah. not exactly as it was happening. Just yeah. To clarify. Yeah, exactly. Something that really has grounded my gears lately and made me really frustrated is some of the criticism that the deconstruction community has gotten from uh, mainstream Christians uh, who are, uh, you know, declaring war on deconstruction, like John Cooper, or Alyssa Childers, these kind of people. The criticism that, I hear a lot from them is that people in the deconstruction movement are just throwing away the Bible. They don't care anything about it. And all they're, all they want to do is just get away from the Bible and get away from Jesus. And that's not true. And it shows they are not talking to these people. They do not know 
what this is about. They have no clue what they're talking about. And because most of the people that, or a lot of the people that are listening to our podcast, people that are on here that we're interviewing, they're reading the Bible and studying it way more in depth and way more often. I know I have studied the Bible way more often and yeah. deeply and um, strategically in the last couple of years of rethinking stuff. Um, it has it has pushed me more towards the Bible and more towards Jesus and acknowledging the questions that I have instead of ignoring them and just saying, well, just believe it because the Bible says it. But acknowledging this tension and the questions that I have has deepened my faith, deepened my knowledge, and I feel way more intellectually engaged with my faith rather than just, you know, like a hollow practice. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is when you do that work and you see like, even in the midst of all that work, that there is still stuff that's applicable to your spiritual life. Sure. It's like, wow, this thing really, even, even with all it's like, even with all the questions I have, it still transcends those things and still deals with my heart. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's really interesting for me is like, it's like, okay, in the midst of my questioning and a doubt, okay, I can like question this thing, but it's still like, calls me towards something, calls yep. me towards like changing in some way. It challenges my heart. I mean, perfect examples, you look at the teachings of Jesus. Um, those things like are always challenging. Sure. You look at like, um, you know, the stories of Israel and the way in which like the book of Numbers is an interesting story, like book where there's like these seven, like there's like seven rebellions in the book of Numbers where these Israelite people are like frustrated with God and they're whining and complaining and questioning uh, and I see myself in those stories. I see myself like in those moments. Um, so yeah, I think that when you do that work, it's helpful. I think you mentioned, did you, you mentioned recently, I think you read like um, Exodus for Normal People. Yes. Yeah, so resources like that are helpful. Um, and yeah. I think those do a good job of giving you a little bit of both. Those, those, there's several, I think they did Genesis. And Exodus, Exodus. yeah. Um, I, I think don't those, know if they're going to do Leviticus. How, that's going to be a heck of a book to write. It'd be thick. But I think those are, I read, I've read a lot of the Exodus one, and I think that does yeah. a good job of giving you a little bit of both, like the academic, sometimes, some sides of it, and the spiritual. Aspect. Right. And it brings up some of the things that we just simply don't know about the Bible and things that are, we, we really just don't know, and we probably might never know right. for sure. And this is where approaching uh, reading the Bible through the lens of apologetics can be very difficult because the whole goal is to prove every single thing happened historically. And if, if that is your only goal or your only approach to the Bible, you're going to miss so much of the meaning that is actually there to transform your life transform your mind, transform your heart, make you more like Jesus. Um, there's this uh, book that I read last year by um, a pastor who's actually a friend of my wife's uh, dad, my father-in-law. Um, he is a pastor out in, um, I believe it's South Carolina. He wrote a book called Finding a New Way Home, The Unlikely Path of a Reluctant Baptist Renegade. Um, and he says, some fundamentalists may actually believe in the Bible more, they, more than they believe in God. The American South is littered with Bible churches, and as important as the Bible is, there is something fundamentally misplaced about that description. These are not God churches or following Jesus churches or changing the neighborhood churches. Bible-believing churches, another commonly used descriptor, really just means Bible-believing if you believe it like we believe it. The emphasis requires conforming to certain literalisms of biblical interpretation instead of approaching the mystery of God with an openness to let the spirit move where it wills. Mm. So 
that's, that's where a lot of people just stop is I've got to prove factually everything that happens in the Bible rather than let the nuance and the mystery of it and, and putting myself in the tension of all of that and letting it mold me yeah. and, and take things off of me that don't need to be there and, and make me really into a better person just all around, you know, someone who's more compassionate and open and inclusive of people, um, more loving, you know, and that's what I think all of it's supposed to do. That's what all of the Bible, the, the, the goal of the, of it was that was to, um, to challenge us and to put us into this beautiful mystery that is God. Um, but we just stop so quickly because we're not willing to put in the work. Yeah. I think that like, I've heard Rob Bell talk about how, um, and I may not get this exactly right, but early on when he wrote it, he wrote this book called What is the Bible, I think. But he he explains like how, I think he was talking to a rabbi or he had read about some rabbis and the way in which they describe reading the Bible was like this prism or like a diamond. Mm -hmm. How like the light shines, every time you turn it, the light light shines a little Mm -hmm. differently or whatever. And so that's kind of like an interesting way of viewing the Bible is like, every time you read it, there may be something that like, there's a nuance that's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that pretty helpful. Lately, when I've had to write sermons on like the Old Testament, um, I go and read like Midrash. I go read yes. teach rabbi teachings. It's like, you know, they, it's been in their culture for thousands of years and they've, you know, why wouldn't I, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think like for me, I, I have found that helpful in, in understanding certain applications of the Old Testament text and how the, the Jewish people understand it and how they apply it to their lives and and it's really interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. We need to learn more about how to understand it in, in yeah. Jewish context. Dr. Heiser, he talks about, he says when you read the Bible, for instance, if you're reading the Old Testament, he says you need to have the ancient Hebrew Israelite in your head yeah. when you're reading it. And when you read the New Testament, you need to have the second temple Jew in your head. And another thing that's really interesting is like we have the 66 books of the Bible. Well, a yeah, lot of way more. A lot of influential thought, like way of understanding the Bible, can be found in like um, the Apocrypha, mm-hmm. uh, the books of like the Pseudepigrapha. Uh, I don't think I'm pronouncing that right. Pseudepigrapha. Yeah. I think that's it. That but anyways, sense. like the Book of Enoch is an example mm-hmm. um, where like these are books um, that or scrolls in that time period yeah. that Jesus would have been familiar with. Yeah, and so like, and the disciples would have been familiar with, and they give light to how like they understood what Jesus was teaching or how they understood like a kingdom, uh, how they understood like apocalyptic literature. Uh, and that's specifically for the, the, the scrolls that were written in like second, second temple Judaism. Um, and so I think like, I remember hearing a guy on the Bible for normal people and he, he wrote a book, I think it was called don't mind the gap or something like that, or it's something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And it's about like understanding this time period between Malachi and Matthew and how that time period was such a big like influence and shape the way um, the hearers of Jesus would have understood what he was talking about yeah. and understanding like the Old Testament. Um, so it's really fascinating stuff. I think there's a and it's just like there's so much to it. Like it's not as simple as like yeah, here's the Bible. Good luck to you. Yeah, but in our in our modern culture, that's what we want it. To it has be. become that way. We yeah. just want it to be that simple thing. Well, yeah. I mean, it just becomes like. How many people can we convert with this book? Yeah, it's a consumerist thing. Like, I'm going to consume the Bible for my well-being and and for my, you know, yeah. motivation today 
whatever to get off my butt and share the gospel, you know. What has been like the most helpful resource for you? The Bible Project. Really? The Bible Project by far. Um, They have just so many incredible resources that they could be charging so much money for, but their heart is that it's free. They're crowdfunded and everything is completely free. Um, and they have so they have online courses that are seminary level oh, yeah, courses are that are wonderful um, that they've started doing in the last few years. Uh, and I did uh, the one on introduction to the Hebrew Bible, uh, where Tim just for it's like an I think it's an eighteen hour course in total. Um, but it he shows you he goes into an in depth study of the how the Bible came to well the Hebrew Bible, which yeah. we would know as the Old Testament. Um, shows you how that came to be, what it's how it's structured, um, the the things that you need to keep in mind as you're reading it, how to handle metaphor, how to look for repeating words and patterns and narratives that are present, um, and so that just prepared me so well. Um, for I, I didn't. Okay, I didn't even know what a concordance was until I took that course. What? No, really? I didn't because we're not we're not taught that See, I in had, church. My mom had one of those. See, well, unless you're like, it, uh, yeah. yeah okay, very, so some maybe some, some denominations do. are more um, engaged with that, yeah. but I, I'd say just the average, you know, every, Sunday church goer. You don't know what these tools are. You don't know how to approach the Bible. So we're talking about this stuff, and you may be listening and be like, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know Hebrew. I don't know. You don't need to. You can literally, there are so many tools that you can use to read the Bible and and you just have to look for them. You have to, you have to listen to people that are biblical, that are academics in this stuff and they can point you to stuff like this, but this course is a great way to start a great place to start. Um, because you, you learn how to, to do a lot of that. And that changed a lot for me. Honestly, that course. I've found their stuff really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to go super crazy, you could always go to seminary. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. Yeah. That's what I've done. And it's helped me obviously. Like I would hope it has helped me spending all the money I've spent, but, um, the Bible project is really helpful. And I would like, I just want, if you're a listener, just know, like, this is not going to resolve anything. Like, it'll help some, but yeah. it's not going to answer your questions fully. But it might give you a different perspective on how to approach something that yeah. you have questions about in the Bible. Um, so don't necessarily expect, like, if you go and find books and things like that, you may leave with more questions than you came with. Yeah. And it's and that's, that's part of the journey. And that's true for the Bible, yeah. you know? And we need to let go of... That's something that harms us too, is approaching the Bible, just expecting to walk away with more and more answers yeah. um, instead of acknowledging the mystery of it. Um, and that's that's one way that we need to change how we're thinking about it, is not expecting such clear-cut, this or that, black and white um, thinking, you yeah. know, cause it just, the reality is the Bible does not operate that way. Yeah. It just doesn't. Yeah. And, and becoming kind of okay with that is hard, but yeah, it's it is. necessary. It is. Necessary. Yeah. So, I mean, the Bible project is a great resource. The Bible for normal people. There are some, uh, great books out there. We mentioned like the Bible for normal people has like, um, Genesis and Exodus for normal people. Um, you can find those classes on the Bible project's website, um, if you are interested in like dealing with like Greek and Hebrew, there is a company called Biblingo mm. that you can find, and you it's literally set up like Duolingo, and they start you off with the alphabet with Hebrew or Greek, and I think it's like you can pay a little bit per month to do it. There is a cost to it, 
Um, but if you want to do that, go for it. That's something you could do. Um, Bible Hub is a website with mm-hmm. interlinear, yep. um, you know, Bibles, Greek and Hebrew, Old Testament, New Testament. They have like Septuagint on there. They have all these different things. You can look up words, word studies. If you want to go even further, you can like download Logos, uh, Logos, mm-hmm. whatever, however they pronounce it. Um, and you can like find commentaries and things like that on there. There are many, many resources um, out there, and we would encourage you to check them out. Um, you know, we hope that this episode is helpful for you. We hope that like you, you don't hear this as like us like trying to shred the Bible. We actually yeah. really love the Bible. Yes, we, I have a huge respect for the Bible, yes. and I think it's like crazy that we even have it. Oh it's insane goodness. that we even have it. So we hope that this episode is helpful for you. We hope that um, your biblical studies will. Uh, get better, yeah. Uh, and and uh, don't take the Hobby Lobby approach. Just no. do that. Like move away from that. Um, and if you're listening to this and you're kind of like like I don't know about this, I don't know. Mm-hmm. If it, go check out Exploring My Strange Bible and listen to the series that he does on Jonah. And I think that that will kind of start you in like, oh wow, I can understand this stuff in a completely different way. Exactly. So, yeah. thanks for tuning in, Caleb. Thank you for uh, sitting down again and talking with me. Yeah. Um, Bible is a wild book, and we're just trying to learn a little bit more about it as we read it. So, hey, thanks for tuning in to Rethinking Christianity. Um, If you would do us a huge favor by uh, sharing the podcast with someone, rating and reviewing it, um, those help other people just like you find the podcast, and we hope that it'll be helpful for them as we hope it is helpful for you. If you want to follow us on Instagram and YouTube, just type in Rethinking Christianity Podcast. You can find other content that we put on there. With all that being said, this is Blake. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Have a great week.